Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Fins Up podcast. I am your host, Mort, and I'm joined by my handsome colleague, as always, Southo Dan. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Full of excitement, Terry. How about yourself? Yeah, look, full of excitement as well. It's uh, another review of uh, the halves this time we're doing, Dan. That's, that's certainly true. This is the big one. This is the one that I expect you and I to disagree on and probably come to blows, perhaps. I don't think so. I've, I've like, rated really harsh. I've, got, I've already got the names down and I've put my rating next to them. Um, just want to point out, we're adding Blake Braley into the halves discussion because we don't want to put him with the forwards, even though he's considered a forward. Um, and we haven't put Connor Tracy in here as we added him to the backs in our last review. Uh, Dan, we hit record numbers on our uh, our backline review with 10. Jeez, double figures? <laughs> yes. You like, absolutely... Like, we're going to cash in on this. Yeah, this I know. Box. We need a Patreon account, some merchandise, everything. We do. Let's, get, let's charge people to come on the pod. Oh, you'll be okay. Yeah, we can have a Fins Up uh, meetup. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. You mean Richie, yeah. Yeah, your mum, my mum. Yeah, the whole squad. This is probably it. <laughs> and, mate, fins up after dark. That's happening. That's a thing. That is, well, yeah, I mean, fuck, we turned the porch light back on, so uh, let's just turn the cameras off. That's it, mate. Keep, keep an ear out, ladies and gentlemen, whatever. Yeah. I'm not here to judge. Um, so let's get straight into this. Uh, I started with Blake Braley. We're going in alphabetical order again. Um, what did you make of Blake's season? Uh, a bit like Jesse Ramian. I thought at the start of the season, he looked like a fish out of water, and I thought he got better and better towards the end of the season. Look, I'm going to be straight up and say that I don't think he's met the expectations I set for him uh, based on what he produced for Newtown in the juniors and his short time during first grade. By the end of the year, though, I was much more happy and excited for next season than I was in the early rounds. I think that might have had a bit to do with a certain player leaving the club. Uh, and a bit of confidence he built on the back of that. But, you know, not not um, not the best season from young Blake, but still considerably better than his brother. Yeah, look, I, I was really disappointed in the, the first half of the year from Blake because it seemed like no matter what we did or no matter what field position we had or who we were playing or what the score was, his first, second and third instinct was to pass the ball to Chad Townsend. And, that's, and I understand that from him being the safety first play, but man, like you can't, you can't just go to him every single play because you know that's that's essentially how teams shut us down. At a, I mean, you have a look at the the dogs game is a classic example of this. The dogs just needed to rush Townsend because they knew that's where the ball was going. So they did. The I've I've pulled hair out looking at you know one one marker, even no markers. Bradley picks the ball up. You think he's gone here? These new rules are made for players like Brad Braley, only to pull up and pass the ball to Chad. You know, you didn't see that as much in the, towards the end of the season. I think he got his confidence up, and he looked, looked much better for it. And he started kicking out a dummy half too, which I think is a genuine weapon of ours that we don't use nearly enough. No, we don't. And look, you only have to have a look at the first game where Chad was dropped, where we played the Gold Coast Titans up in Coffs Harbour, and it was Blake's best game of the season. Man of the match, um, he, he tore the Titans forward pack to absolute shreds, and he gave Sean Johnson so much space. He's got, got it, mate. 
Yeah. He's a superstar in the making. If only we had a good coach coming in and some good forwards coming in to get the the going, you know, going forward, that yeah. that would be that would be great. Yeah, if only we had a uh, a genuine leader coming to the club who could play number nine as well to sort of mentor this guy. Like it's just these things need to fall in way. Yeah, they need to fall into place. Look, I think I think I've scored Blake really harshly based on the first 13 games of the season. Um, you know, you have a look at his stats towards, you know, if you were to just judge him on his stats, you know, I could grade him a lot higher. His defense was awesome. Um, you know, he, he scored some tries, his try assists, his line breaks, line break assists were all pretty good. Uh, I gave him a six and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go six and a half. I agree with you there. I think he was better than average. But not quite in that top echelon. I'm gonna throw something controversial out here, Terry. Mm-hmm. Blake Bradley was, in theory, the only genuine number nine we had this season. Do you think there was ever a self-preservation about his game? Not, not in terms of defence, because he tackled. He did miss miss a few, but he made more than he missed quite considerably. Just thinking, if he gets injured, we got Billy Magulius in a reserve grade, or, or Connor, or or Chad to nine. Yeah, I, I, I think the, uh, you know, if Blake hurt himself in round one or got simbined or something, you were, you were kind of looking at Connor Tracy. I think towards the end of the year, when we started putting him on the bench, I think the thought was, you know what, we need to get Braden Trindle in there. And Trindle had played some nine at Newtown as well, which I was very surprised in some of these games where we were playing, like the Warriors, for example, where those two big fatties were just going to run at our hooker all game while we didn't have someone on there to spell him. I think next year we're going to have a pretty solid game plan with Cam McInnes playing 13. You know, if Braley needs a rest or if we need to keep him out of the opening 20 minutes because we are playing the Warriors, it's going to be a grind. McInnes can start that and dominate that middle. And then when the two fat boys are, are, are gone or they're knackered, Blake can come in there and uh, we're good. Yeah, mate. The atrocity twins, I like to call them. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of Blake. I think he can do much, much better than he did this year. I don't think he was one of our worst, but he certainly wasn't one of our best either. Yeah, yeah, he definitely wasn't one of our best. I'll I'll, I'll give you the hot tip on here, though. He has got my highest ranking for any of the halves. Really? Yeah. I I don't think that's too unfair. Perhaps one. One youngster, but yeah, we'll we'll get there. But I'm just... But I'm in awe, six and a half, six and a half. It's like we're on the same wavelength. I don't like it. I've got uh, the next the next cap off the rank, Sean Johnson. Now, it's it, it's it's an unfavourable year for Sean because he started the year injured and he finished the year injured as well. Um, we got some moments of absolute brilliance from Sean Johnson in that Gold Coast Titans game. He literally, his foot won us the game, uh, the first game against the New Zealand Warriors where he just kicked them off the park. Um, we also got some absolutely shocking Sean Johnson games. We did. It was um, it was the Sean Johnson that didn't want to be there. Yeah. Which stark contrast to last year when he was a Sean Johnson who wanted to show everyone that he was still the elite playmaker was our best player by an absolute mile. Look, I I had to go back and Google the games that he played because I couldn't remember him playing a couple because I just figured he was injured all year. I don't think he could sign quickly enough away from the club. I don't know whether that's us, whether that's him or a mixture of both, but in terms of player expectations versus what was delivered, Johnson's right at the bottom of the Yeah, look, Sean, for mine, you know, when, when, when we started talking about this Fitzgibbon revolution that was coming in and, you know, 
who was going to be front and centre of it. The first re-signing for mine was Sean Johnson. I was yeah, like, if, uh, you know, he was the guy for mine who was to take the club to the next level. And when we were linked with Adam Reynolds, mate, that was like just a dream pairing of Adam Reynolds and, and Sean Johnson. And, and you're just like, you know, you got to get it done. And then all the, the talk started, you know, coming out of the club that he was sulking, he was sucking his thumb, Bomber got sacked. You know, we pulled the initial contract offer from him, you know, and, and he made a big song and dance on a couple of podcasts and a couple of TV shows about Bomber. And you have to go back and think, like, Bomber didn't sign you, mate. Flanagan did. You know, the first picture taken of you at Cronulla's training ground is you hugging Shane Flanagan. Mate, this, look, I, I was disappointed with how Johnson handled it, to be honest. He was the one player that just kept going on about it. The bomber thing had left the new cycle, you know, as it does in NRL, it moves quickly. But he kept bringing it back. In every interview he was asked, whereas other players were asked, they'd say, hey, look, it's in the past now. It's been discussed to death. It's done. Johnson would go on and on and on. I think he made it personal. And I think that ultimately we saw, like when he was there, he played pretty well. And I still maintain that if Johnson was fit for the 26 rounds, we played finals football. Mm-hmm. When he was injured and we ultimately decided to, you know, let him go early. That was our final series done for mine. But that was based on Sean Johnson of last year, not this year. So I'm not too disappointed that he's leaving the club. If he'd left the club after last year, I would have been very, yeah. very, very sick because he was he was monstrous. It just, I don't know, maybe we expect too much of Sean Johnson. Do we expect 23-year-old Johnson to come on and step nine players and chip and chase and score in the corner? But I, I, think, I think we saw enough of the back end of 2019 and all of 2020 Sean Johnson to say that he has changed his style of play. Like, he can't step people and run 60 metres anymore because he's not that fast, he's not that young, and his body's not that durable. But he learned, he, he's now learned to, you know, how he can keep himself in a game. And how he can keep himself in a game is a towering bomb or an attempted 40-20 or, you know, repeat sets. Try assists. You know, that's how Sean Johnson now plays. And I just thought, like, this is the guy. And even when we signed Nico Hines, I thought, well, if we need a number seven, it's got to be Sean Johnson. We need that calming head. We need that kicking game. And the more we talked about it and the more he kept bringing up the past, as you said, I couldn't wait for him to sign away. The fact that the Warriors took him back is meme-worthy. It certainly is. I Look, I, I don't know what led to him leaving, but I think the fact that they were paying him a million dollars to not play finals was it. He's gone back to them on less, you know, sort of half the pay. But I, I don't know if he can justify paying Sean Johnson anything over the mid threes. He's still got it in him. He showed, like you said, his kicking game against the, the Warriors and, and then the, his game against the Titans. He was arguably the best player on the field, you know, and at least one of those games. We just didn't see it enough. And I didn't get the feeling that he was, you know, I always got the feeling that Moylan wanted to come back. But Johnson, it was like, he, he come back when he, when he's fit sort of thing. And I just, mate, you don't need that kind of attitude when you've got a new culture coming in with a new coach. So Yeah, and, and it says it says a lot that we were out of those two players, we gave Matt Moylan the contract, you know. Um, I, I think you're right there. Like, any, any story you heard about Matt Moylan was always like, I'm itching to get back on the field. I can't wait to get back on the field. I feel like I'm letting my team down. You know, and then they asked Sean, and he's like, you know, Sean didn't even turn up to the, the fucking game against the Dragons. It's a not, not a good way to end. Yeah. What was up until then, a really, really good error at the club. Yeah. I gave him a five, and I think I've I think I've gone too high on him. Mate, I'm giving him a four. I thought he was below average. Yeah. Uh, again, 
expectation, but it's there. Yeah, I, I, I think four is probably fair. I put I put a five on here because, so, like, you know, he had some games, and, and I, I'm not going to judge him for his off-field tantrum. This is about judging him for what he did on the field. And he had some games where... He was the best player on the field, and you got reminded why this guy was a million-dollar player. But then he had some games where you're like, fucking hell. Really? Yeah. Sean Dobbs. Yeah. Um, next cab off the rank, uh, Luke Metcalf. Young gun Very on the sorry. rising. Mate, I wish we played him earlier in the year. We were calling for it. I don't yeah. know what the rules dictate with him being a, you know, a fringe player as such, but a uh, development player, rather. But I thought he was very, very exciting towards the end of the year. He's one of the players I'm looking forward to next next season. Unfortunately, reports coming out saying that he's he's Warriors bound. But yeah. if I'm the Knights, I'm getting in there. He he was eligible to play from round eleven, so I don't know. I don't know what the th- the thinking was behind it. Maybe the thinking was like this guy's a fullback and a fullback only, and Will Kennedy, you know, wasn't missing any games, and his form was just sensational. But when we put him in the six and. Braden Trindle at the seven, he looked really good. Now he played, he played um, some games off the bench. He started some games as well. Um, all in all, you know he had some he had some absolute moments where he just tore teams apart, like you know the um, the game against Brisbane, for example. He he tore them apart. the The Tigers game as well. He was untouchable. Um, and then there were some other games as well where you were just like. You know, you can just see, you can see the youngster, you can see how raw he is. But the one thing I liked from him was he played what was in front of him. He played on emotion and, you know, he, he did try to show a little bit of a kicking game as well. There was some positivity in there from mine for Metcalf. I don't think we saw enough of him to be able to give him a a good grade. Um, from what I saw of him, there's a player there with immense potential that, you know, needs to find what position he, he's going to nail in the NRL and, and stick to that. Now, the reports are that the New Zealand Warriors want him for this year. But, the you know, the news have got it all wrong by saying that he's a development player. He's actually part of our top 30 this year. If he was a development player, it'd be really easy for him to get a release. But he's actually part of our top 30, and we don't have to do anything to release him at the moment. But reports are in the next coming days he's going to sign with the Warriors for 2023 onwards. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I've just said there that he doesn't really have a nailed-on position, but he is one of these players that is exciting. Um, you know, Will Kennedy has cemented himself as our fullback. You know, we went out and signed Nico Hines. Is he too small to play in the centres? Does he want to be a 14 for the rest of his life? Probably can't play hooker. I don't know. I, I, I would, I'd probably kick myself for about a week if we let go of him, but then I'd be like, you know what, we've got better players than him anyway. Look, it's true. He's an excitement machine. He's young. He's very small. That will count against I know it shouldn't, but it does. Look, if the Warriors come up and say, we've got a first-grade spot for you, Cronulla aren't going to be able to re-sign him because Nico Hines is going to play six or seven for the next couple of years. Unless he really out-trains Trindle in the next you know, little bit and the Warriors don't sign him before you know, on November 1st or whenever... There's not there's not much of an opportunity to really push his, his play there, which is a shame because, like you said, I really wanted to see much more of him. There were times where we were sitting in a close game and Trindle wasn't, you know, playing too well. Or even, you know, we got Metcalf sitting on the bench and he plays three or something minutes. I wanted to see him get that 20-minute spell. He's the sort of player that can come on and, and out be 
biggest player we saw all season, I'd say. Kennedy, perhaps, aside. You know, Cronulla don't have a, an abundance of speed, so he sticks out. Mate, I, I was very excited. You know, that that's exciting is the word. Unfortunately, where does he play next season? Because he's not in our top 17. If he plays for Newtown, he lights it up. There's always a chance. But if he signed for the Warriors in the meantime, well, Trindle's going to get next season. I, I think I think there's there's two two glaring spots in our team that he can fill, and one of those spots is center position. Um, now he did finish the game in the Tigers at center, and he's probably the same height and build as Connor Tracy, but you know Connor Tracy's just a different kind of footballer. Um, the other position where he may be able to push himself on the bench is that number 14 spot because I don't know if Matt Moylan was signed to play. I think Matt Moylan may have been signed to just be around the, be around the squad. Um, he's cheap, you know, this season. I, he's definitely not He's definitely not a starting half for mine. Like if, if, if round one we run out with Nico Hines and Matt Moylan, we've got no kicking game. We've got all the running game in the world. We've got no no kicking game. So I think it's going to be Trindle Hines. Uh, he can battle Connor for the center spot or he, he can battle Moylan for the, the 14. Um, if the Warriors want to come to the party and, you know, there's talks that they're going to release David Fusatua, then I think we should be front and center of that negotiation and saying, well, you want to get rid of the Fuss. You know, we're happy to release early. We've got a center spot here for the Fuss as well. So... I'd, I'd be seeing what we could do there. Yeah, look, if it comes up. Ultimately, if we can't hop in first grade, the Warriors can. He's going to go. Then it becomes irrelevant, you know. But if we were to name him 14 in round one, that, I wouldn't I wouldn't no. be disappointed with that, put it that way. I, I'm really worried about, no, we'll talk about more, more when we get to Milan. He can come on and win a game for us. But how many games is he going to be there? If we release Metcalf, then there's no real standout 14 other than, of course, Moylan. And if Moylan goes down, then what? We're back to square one. Yeah, then, then really? uh, if Moylan goes down, then you're playing a four-man bench. Exactly. Four, four-man forwards, yeah. yeah. Look, I really think we... I don't want to release Metcalf unless we have to, or there's, like you said, a reason to do it, you know, a little bit of, you know, on the side. But, um, you know, I, I was really excited by what I saw, and I, I think he, um, he should have got more game time. I think I've I think I've undersold Metcalf on this. Um, I gave him a five and a half. But I think a five is fair. He didn't have chance. It's like those Origin ratings where a guy comes on and makes ten out of ten tackles. You can't say he was great, but he did his job. I yeah. think Metcalf did his job. Yeah, I, I think he did his job. And as I said, he had his moments of brilliance and he had his moments of madness, but he just didn't have enough moments. Spot on. And yeah. he, I don't think he was given enough. Moments. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, he, he wasn't given the opportunity for it. Uh, let's talk about uh, the reason why we started this podcast. But uh, Matty Moreland, God, it was good to see him out on the field. It certainly was. And based purely on that try against Penrith, it's a 10 for me. Yeah, yeah. Based, based purely on the fact that he outran a premiership winning fullback to score a try. Uh, and and the, the amount of memes we got out of that. Yeah, I gave Moreland a 10. Straight 10. I think that's completely fair. I gave I gave him a ten for play, a ten for looks, a ten for everything. What else can you say? All right, moving on. 
I'm a little bit worried about Matthew Moyle moving on. I think he's a little bit brittle for the current the current game, unfortunately. Yeah, look, I, I think I think there's reasons that we have kept Matt Moyle around. Obviously, you know, injuries do come in in their games, and you know, Moyes is going to get anywhere between eight and twelve games. I, I you know, if he if he plays more than twenty games next year, I'll give you a million dollars. Not likely, mate. Yeah, I mean, if if you hear that, Richard, he does play that. 20 games, I need to borrow a million dollars off you. But um, I think he's there for a bit of leadership as well. But also, you saw how hard he... Like, you, you just tell from the the way that he ran out onto the field in round one, his body, he had put some serious effort into his body. He was training really well. And the other thing as well is the story going around, he's he very, very close with Josh Hannay. And you always saw when he was injured, he was up in the box there with Hannay. So I, I think we've kept Moylan around for maybe other purposes. You know, he may not play every week, but he'll be there. His leadership, you just saw that. I think it was against the Dragons when he was screaming at everyone for the discipline. That's that's the type of player that you want to keep at the club. Like, that's what I expect from someone like Sean Johnson. So Moylan, it's, it's undisputed. He's one of the most likable blokes in the game. The, the, you know, they love him, whereas, you know, James Maloney was a superstar player, but he was a pest. Moylan seems to be, you know, a superstar player, but not so much for this. Yeah. We won the track. But I, I think 100% they've kept him around. I think he's the kind of player that you could use to key, uh, to teach, to coach in the future. I wouldn't be surprised if he does sign on as an assistant coach when his playing days are done. Um, hopefully not, not done yet, but, oh, mate. If he plays more than 15 games next year, I'll be very much. I can just imagine, though, say we sign Mark Moylan to be an assistant coach, and a lot of assistant coaches this year are the water boys. You can just imagine, like, Ronaldo out there on the field with his broken jaw and Moylan running out doing his hammy. You've got to get the medicab for your trainer to get him off and then get out and get your fucking bloke with your broken jaw. <laughs> Mate, look, Moylan, in terms of pure quality, was by far our best half this year. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what he delivered, his ball playing is head and shoulders above every other player in that squad, which is a real shame. If I could give you my hammies, I would. Yeah, I, I was. I was just thinking the same thing. Like, if you could, if you could, if you could put Matt Moylan's ball playing ability in Braden Trindle, we've got our halfback for the next ten years. Yeah, that easy. I didn't give Moylan a very favourable score though, because there was. There were times out there on the field where he just if if the combination between him and Kennedy wasn't on, he just he wasn't about. He can't kick. He refuses to kick. Um his running game was okay. You could just tell he looked very ginger. Apart from that, you know, the meme try against the Panthers, I gave him more than a six. Yeah, I think six is fair. I think he was about an eight, but that um that last game dragged him down two points. It was fucking disgusting. And for mine, he played himself out of any consideration for half spot next year. I think he is either 14 or he's running the water. Yeah. Cool. Well, for, mate, we, we, you said we were going to disagree on this, but we've, uh, we've yeah, been... Yeah, it's not. Uh, I'm going to fight you in this next one. It's all sweet. The, uh, the next player on the list is Chatty Bra, Chad Townsend. No, I don't think we'll disagree on this. No, I don't think we'll disagree on this at all. Look, uh, Chad scored a higher... Ranking the mine uh, than what I thought I would give him because he left us on a good note. He kicked a field goal to win a derby against the Dragons and then he left. Yeah, but he missed three sitters, which he, he never got into that position. And so did Corey Norman as well. So I take that. Look, 
Chad had a fucking awful year. He's shit. I don't want to give him too much airtime. Well, I gave him a three. Fuck him. Mate, he's, he's a two tops. Two points for the two points he got, he, he got us on the fourth attempt at Cogra. I'll give him that. But his defense was fucking offensively disgusting before he left the club. And I just... His, his running game is shit. His kicking game is shit. His defense is shit. His hair is shit. Everything about him is shit. He kept uh, overruling young players. Yeah, shit. yeah. I, I, I gave him a three just because he fucking he left. So good riddance. Fuck off. See you later. Oh, it means he never comes back. Ten. Yeah. Ten for. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not even talking about him anymore. The last player that we have to talk about is our halfback for the future, Braden Trindle. I think we might disagree here. We may. We may. I, as I said, I gave Blake Braley my highest score at six and a half. I think that might be unfair. Spoiler, but I think Trindle had a successful season. He's by far not the finished product. He's got a lot of work to do. There were some times where I wanted to strangle him. There were other times where I wanted to cuddle him and hold him to my bosom because I see a genuine superstar footballer here and the perfect foil for Nico Hines. I Look... The game against the West Tigers showed me what he can be. But then it was only the Tigers, and I'm thinking, is he a flat-track bully? Now, he kicked a 40-20, he had three tri-assists. Um, his running game, though, is superb. He scored some nice tries. Um, put The game against Manly, like, that was a game where he didn't quit. You know, we were just getting pumped by Manly, and he kept going. He scored a couple himself, put Kennedy over for a couple. Um yeah, look, I, I like the kid. I think he is our halfback for the future. But I just go back, there were a lot of times where in our in our DMs and online, you're just sitting there going, what the fuck was he thinking? His short-kicking game is crap and needs to be worked on. That final play against the Bulldogs where he turned back inside rather than spreading when we had an overlap goes against him. The first game where we lost to Brisbane, he was absolutely diabolical. I, uh, you know, sometimes he came off the bench and played lock and it's not his fault, but he just looked lost. And there were some times as well in close games, like the the second Warriors game, we really needed him to stand up and do something and he didn't do anything. And that's why I think I've judged him slightly different to you now. I think he's our halfback for the future. And as I said, if we can, if, if he gets some genuine ball playing ability, um, he, he's going to be an absolute superstar. His kicking game, his long kicking game is really good. He nailed that 40-20 against the Tigers. It was a 30-15. It was absolutely beautiful. His spiral bomb is up there with some of the scariest that we saw. Um, And the good thing about him is he doesn't just kick the ball down the throat of the fullback in the middle of the field. He generally kicks the corners. Which is, you know, it's a shock as a halfback that you can do that. And you I am... Well, I'll give you the spoiler. I gave him a six and a half and he tied Blake Braley. I'm going to give him an eight because... Oh, my God. Now, in terms of playing ability, definitely not an eight. But don't forget, this is a kid that's been thrown in the deep end two years in a row. Last year, he didn't get a single game for... We got, what, half a game for Newtown or something? Had months off and was thrown in. This year, exactly the same. This is a kid that should have hit, come in, you know, as one of the leading halfbacks for New South Wales Cup, hit the ground running and started a real first-grade run. He never got that opportunity because Hannay kept picking Chad, which we all knew was fucking stupid. We knew Chad wasn't the future, but he kept picking him anyways. Then it became Chad is actively, and I know I'm making this about Chad, but fuck him. He's actively dragging us down 
We have a talented young halfback there who's shown what he can do. He played 20 plus games this season. I would have started him from the start, to be honest, but that, you know, they're always going to start Chad. I think he he's not a confidence player. He's not a, you know, a Reese Walsh or one of those players that just, you know, he just oozes, you know, fucking confidence and arrogance even. That's not Trindle. After they won the um, the under-20s a couple of years ago, all the boys were over and they were, you know, some of them had champagne and they were all dancing. He was over getting photos with his with his family. And people were going, great game. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, team effort, team effort. I think he's got to get more more cocky. You know, that probably sounds silly to say, but more more confident, definitely. And I think that'll come with an actual off-season saying, you're the number seven next year. You've earned this with your ability and your talent. Go out there and play as you, you can. I think he and Nico Hines are going to make a fantastic halves combination. He's not the finished thing. Next year, we're not going to be sitting here talking about a daily medalist. But in two to three years, I genuinely think we'll look back and think, fuck this Trindle kid. You know, he's good and he's NX and she went in half back. Yeah, look, we, we've obviously given the, the, the keys to him. We gave him a two year deal. Um, we've signed Nico Hines. It now makes perfect. Like we from let, let's talk about Nico Hines just quickly and what he will bring because we saw some kicking game from uh, we saw some kicking game from Nico that can very well complement. And this is this is the issue that we had this year. We either had Chad with Moylan or we had SJ with Moylan or we had Trindle with Connor or uh, Metcalf in there. We never got to see Shawnee and, and Trindle have a proper go and have two genuine kicking, you know. I think I think Hane was very reluctant, as you said, because he hadn't played many games in the last year or so. But, you know, when, when Chad was being – when Chad got dropped, even after he, he won us that, the derby, when Chad was dropped, we went straight to SJ Moylan. And the combination was brilliant. The combination of those two fight. Who would have thought? But – you know, there was a ve- there was a real reluctance to bring Trindle into the team, but once Trindle got into the team and once he started at halfback, he, he you know that's it. It's his now for the next two years. Yep, and I th- I think that's utterly fair. Unless a superstar player comes off contract, I think Nico and Trindle is the way forward. You know, you re re reset and discover next season. But mate, I was I was more happy than I was angry. Yeah, but I there were times where you're like, what the fuck. Why isn't this kid doing anything? And then you think he's still a kid. You yeah. know, he's never had a preseason or, a, or like a. He's never been a first grader before. Yeah. What round one twelve or whatever it was, where he got that run. I'm glad we stuck by him too. Yeah. Oh. I wanted to see him and um, him and Metcalf run around in the halves a little bit towards the end of the year. Cause I thought our title chances would go. You know, it's going to be one or the other. But I think Trindle is a far more all round player. Yeah, I think uh, I, I definitely think. You know, Trindle, as you said, he hasn't had the opportunity. I'm not now looking at a superstar player to come in and replace Trindle. I'm now looking at what can we do to make him better. And there's a there's a glaring obvious we need another prop. Mm. So if you know, you're already looking at Fanukin, McInnes, Rudolph, Talakai, Wade Graham, Teague Wilton, Britton Nicore, you're already looking at the core of a really good forward pack in there. If you can just add another prop who's going to get us on the front foot, get us, you know, that roll on, you're going to see a better halfback. You're going to see a better number nine. You're going to see more more space for Nico and Will Kennedy. Oh, so this is going to be really harsh to Connor Tracy as well, but I think we definitely need a centre. Now, when, yeah, when, when we were linked with Braden Burns, I was, you know, uh, give or take. 
because Braden Burns is probably Connor Tracy but taller, right? So there's nothing there. But we either need Jackson Ferris to wake up and go, I'm the fucking best center in the game, which he, you know he looked like he was going to be a couple of years ago, or we need to just take whatever money we have and throw it at all the good centers and say, see if you can get a release. Yeah, it's bottom. Yeah, they're the two things that make Braden Trindle and Nico Hines a deadly combination. But I, I definitely think the first thing that we need to do to make Braden Trindle better is just get one more prop that's just going to eat 150 meters, 40 tackles, and protect our halfback. That's exactly right. Because I dare say that young Sam Walker wouldn't have had the season he had without Warrior Hargraves and Takaaho and then Lindsay Collins dragging him forward. So, yeah. Yes. Exactly right. You, and that's that's exactly right there. And either one of those two, first two that you mentioned, would be fantastic in our jersey. Mm, we'll take them. That's it for the uh, for the halves. Mate, we didn't disagree enough. Only that last one. I almost gave him a 10 just to shit you, but I think eight's fair. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, well, look, you know, you and I... Varying opinions, and that's what makes us beautiful. That's it. There's a little bit of news, Dan. A little bit of news. Uh, Aiden Tolman looks like he's going to re-sign with us for a year. You and I both said that it's a great or good signing for us. He doesn't cost much. He's there. It becomes a terrible signing if he plays more than ten games. It's a smart signing, absolutely. It's a value signing. Um, you know, I. I don't want him playing for the Jets. I want him to be our eighteenth man. Oh, yeah, he, he, he's not going to play for the Jets. No, he, he's the perfect player to have there yeah. to say the guys. You put Pele and Rudolph next to Tolman and say do what he does off the field and on the field, you, you're fair way to, you know, decent footballers. Yeah. So I don't hate it at all, but it, it's uninspiring. Put it yeah, that way. yeah it, it, it is uninspiring. And, and you and I both said, you know, Aiden Tolman will fix your ruck defence. And this year with the, with the absolute speed of the game, his ruck defence was still very, very good, but he had his moments where he was just – completely out on his feet, and that's not his fault. If he plays more than 10 games, uh, you know, we're either shattered with injuries or Fitz is a shit coach. So it's hope- not going to be the next one. Now, Kevin Nagama, it sounds like he has actually put pen to paper. Um, I'm not mad about this. This is just a Will Chambers replacement. Yeah, spot on. That's, that's what I was going to say. This this smacks, though, of Nana McDonald, although he comes to us in a much fitter yeah. state, which is good because he's been playing in the Super League. He's playing in Look the grand on. final. Yeah, this isn't one that we're going to go, oh, oh, no, we signed him. But it's also one that you're not going to say, oh, sweet, we signed him. It's a, oh, cool, we signed him. We, yeah, again, I'm enthused, but I think you feel like I'm being up to yeah, this is going to be another one where like we're going to announce that we signed him and everyone on Twitter is going to turn around and go, what a shit signing. And everyone on Facebook is going to go, oh, why are we signing all these old men? It's a squad filler. He's going to cost us 120 grand, 150 grand. Like he's not, he's not going to cost us 500,000. And, you know, we may play, we may start him in the centers in round one. Who knows? Yeah. But he's, if, if anyone has watched any Super League, and I, I challenge you to go and have a look at Kevin Nagama's highlights over in the Super League right now. He's still one of the fastest players over there. And, you know, you say what you want about the British backs because they come over here and they turn to absolute shit. But there are some fucking fast pommy backs out there and he's outrun all of them. He's strong. He's a good defender. He can still jump. And he's had four years over in the Super League, so he's been on holidays. Come back in, Ernest. 
I'm, I'm happy if he comes in because besides Harati, we have no depth in the back line. And I'm not that thrilled on Harati. So. Yeah, I'm not that thrilled on it. And this, this is one of the things, like I just said, that I wasn't thrilled about being linked with Braden Burns, but I wouldn't have been mad if we signed him. But, you know, you've really got to hope that Jackson Ferris's body just turns around and goes, look, you've had enough. I'll go. I'll go to someone. I'll. I'll his his shit gene jumps out and goes into Herodi, and we get yep. prime Jackson Ferris. You know, that'd be lovely because he's got all the talent in the world. Now you're right. Look, these aren't signings that these aren't these six hundred grand Tyrone Peachy signings <laughs> where we're signing shit players on big money for the hell of it. These are squad fillers, and they're there for a reason. And if we're lucky, we won't see them play too many games. Yeah, but. We know that they can do the job, so I'm not, I'm not going to rub it. Yeah, look, no if if Kevin Nagama plays more than ten games, this is another one where if he plays more than ten games, it's it's probably not going to be like a Tolman situation where you go, well, we got that completely wrong. If if Kevin Nagama plays more than ten games, it probably is because he would have earned it. You know, we we've just got we don't have much in the backs at the moment. Like unless unless someone you know unless we get a Fusatua. You're gonna to have to deal with a Connor Tracy or a Jackson Ferris or a, a Kevin Nagama. Um, I'm I'm not mad about it because I I watch the Super League a lot and I've I've literally watched Kevin Nagama carve leads up at will, and you just you you, you know and this is a guy who's so passionate about rugby league and so thankful that he's been given the opportunity to you know to play footy and he, like he cries every time his national anthem comes on. This is that's the type of bloke that we want at the club. It's de- definitely the passion. Look, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not going to rubbish the potential signing. If he signs, he signs. If he doesn't, not going to miss too much sleep. Like you said, unless a superstar comes on the market, you know, and I, I dare say that we got a little bit of money left over. We have to, doing the sums. And I dare say we're holding a position or two based on now the grand final's over, people are going to go back home, settle in, then they're going to have the discussion. So yeah, yeah look, because there's, there's another guy. I've just I just wrote him down here, but there's another guy as well who we're apparently going to sign on a one year deal, and that's Jake Jake Kachewski or whatever his name is from Manly. Yeah, yeah. another one. He's there, he's there to fill spots. Yeah, the, we, we've got five spots left in in the or five or six spots left in the the top thirty. If you put three squad fillers in, right in in Jake. Uh, Kevin, I nearly called him Wes. Fuck, that would have been unjust. And uh, Aiden Tolman, and then you've got three players, you know, three spots left where we need a a, a, a number nine somewhere. I think Kyle Patterson does become a, a player for us this year. I'm not sure, like if he becomes a top thirty player, I need to check into that. But we we definitely either need another number nine or someone who can play nine and seven. Um, yeah. You know, someone young who can who can just come in and fill that gap, a prop and a centre. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Despite, look, yeah, I don't I don't think we've done too much wrong no. that way. And again, it's these players are gonna be there. If Luke Thompson comes on the market tomorrow, we sign him the day after. He may not come on the market, he may come on the market in six months. You do fucking we just gotta wait. I hate waiting, Terry. We gotta do it. I hate waiting. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for, we finally get to announce that Aaron Woods has signed a two year deal. With the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Fills my heart with joy, mate. Makes me very, very happy. <laughs> Those motherfuckers spent so much time bagging him this year. There's no way we'd sign a player, you know, who's as over the hill as Aaron Woods. Well, guess what you have? And I say he's not even their worst forward because I still think Josh McGuire is a way worse signing than Aaron Woods would be. 
Mate, they've got Daniel Alvaro on their team. Oh, they're, 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 mate, I have no fucking idea what they're, they're no, doing. But... Like, at least with the Tigers, you can justify. Okay, Peachy at his best is a game changer. Woods at his best misses only five tackles in a game. Yeah, Get and... Fun. I love you. This is like this is a signing that just makes absolutely no sense. Like, how can you turn around to Tarek Sims and go, "You have no future at the club," but go, "Hey, Woodsy, get in here." <laughs> That's just my god, and it's not like he's going to come cheap either because he had two cheap options he knocked back, which makes me think that he's taking the money. Oh, I love it. I love bagging the dragons. It makes me so happy. Yeah, because the, the the paper the the column that I read said that he knocked back the the Sea Eagles for. More money at the Dragons. I thought, I, you know, I think there was also the case of that he doesn't have to move his family either. He's in Cronulla. He can, you know, he can stay there now. But, you know, it's it's so nice to think that we stole their best player and their captain and they've returned the favour by taking Woods. Oh, no, they got us back. Yeah. Oh, mate. I mean, I swear to God, if they sign Billy Magulius, those darn Dragons. Oh, mate, Billy Magulius. Where do you think he's going to go? I think he's going to go to the Cowboys. Oh, I was going to say, I think... Peachy just took his spot at the at the uh, the Tigers. I think he's going to go to the Cowboys. He's got a pretty good relationship with Valentine Holmes. Um, yeah, so, he's in the headpod. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think uh, I think you I think you'll end up up there. And they'll put put Tom Lolo at prop, and Billy Magulius will go and release his potential at the fourteenth place Cowboys next year. You heard it first. <laughs> yeah, go off, go off, and make several errors. Yeah. But on the, that day where he had that one run for one meter. Yeah. It was like don't, don't frame that and put that behind us for the next video. Yeah, I know. It's it's almost like the Patriots the other day that had negative rush yards. That was Billy Magulius's contribution. Yeah. You and I have more rush yards than, you know, the entire Pats team. Mate, I, I love it. I think we're making all the right moves. I think we've released everyone that we should. There's one more big name I'm hoping that doesn't take up Tarricat space next year and Andrew Fafida, but I um I don't want him away from the club. I want him at the club, but I don't want him on the books because I want his money going elsewhere. So Absolutely. If, if we can turn Andrew Fafita into Luke Thompson, I'll be really happy. Yeah, and keep Fafita on the sideline because he's funny as hell and the blokes love him. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else, Dan? No, nah, mate, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving life as a Sharks fan. Freedom next week. I'm going to run outside, take my clothes off. Ladies, gents, prepare. It's going to be fucking awesome. How about Moylan? Al Nico Hines.